that came from outer space to fill the world with terror. What earthly power can stop this terror? That's the signpost up ahead. Your next stop. The from outer space. Oh, 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 who wouldn't go up on the housetop? Click, click, click. Sucking on a big old alien dick. Well, you could say that we're uh, caroling tonight for our Christmas episode. Is it the Christmas episode, guys? Would you call it that? We're getting there. I mean, it's... Unofficially? Well, it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. And we're beginning to get into some close encounters of the sexy kind here at the podcast from outer space. It's your boy, Rob Scott. We got Adam Narlock in the house tonight. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening. And as always, it's Ryan Scott. Hello, everybody out there. Interstellar intercourse. Why don't you tell us what you know about that? <laughs> now, yes, this is... So I'm sitting here thinking, hell, what can we do? Um, you know, get back on track here. What can we do? What's a good episode? And what haven't a lot of people talked about? What do you guys like the most? Ass, titties, dicks. You guys are always making dick jokes. You love sex. It's no secret. I think everyone does. Um, Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, you guys, we could say are nymphos. Am I right? Mm. That's derogatory. Come on. And so I'm thinking. You're thinking it's the holidays. People are lonely. Oh, maybe. But close encounters. Uh, You know, maybe a bit too close. (laughs) <laughs> um, so we're getting into some of the lesser known, more bizarre alien encounters. Disclaimer. Oh, yeah. This one actually gets pretty graphic. Uh, you know, didn't seem to start that way. Start off as almost a joke. Uh, and just so you know, disclaimer, once again, these are the Brett Kavanaugh type alien encounters. <laughs> um, you know, mostly forced probe type encounters. <laughs> Um, I mean, uh, there is some consensual stuff I've found. I I mean, you know, can you even call it that a higher intelligence seduces somebody that is that consensual? Sounds a little rapey to me. You know, sexual alien encounters, extraterrestrial sex ed. What's in Um, this drink? We're covering the whole spectrum today. It's cold. (laughs) Aliens, their long history, uh, their fascination with sexual reproduction and the human genitalia. So brace yourselves for that. Is it their fascination or is it our fascination? Well, it's their fascination. It's not okay. mutual. There's now, no consent. Well, would you guys have sex with an alien right off the bat? <laughs> I want to be the first. <laughs> <laughs> first what, buddy? First man, so to speak. And we're not talking uh, Neil Armstrong here. I want to be the first Man to find a alien life form and fuck it. You want to be the first man in an alien? Yeah. I feel like that's already happened. That's one step for man, one penetration for Mr. A. <laughs> Jesus Christ. So when alien comes down, she's looking good. Like coming? coming. Uh, she's got some antenna. You guys having sex? Yes or no? Higher intelligence, a uh, higher life form, something that you don't even know, you can't comprehend. I would need some bourbon. <clears throat> Is she looking like Gamora? Well, Ooh. maybe, yeah. There we go. Okay. So yeah? does that mean? Possibly. So that's a yes from Rob. Hmm. Guys, come on. That means he's <laughs> thought about I feel like you've thought about this before. No. Now, 
That answer. Now, is sex with an alien? Because again, it's not of the human species. So is is that bestiality? Well, they're not an animal, so I would say no. Well, we could be considered an animal to them, right? So then, for them, maybe it is. So that would be like you saying if a dude fucks a sheep, it's not bestiality for the sheep; it's only bestiality for the human. Does it only go one way? Mm. Okay, interesting. Mm. Those are just some of the things I think about (laughs) now. (laughs) Bestiality, (laughs) right up front. Let's cite our main sources on this one: "Sensual Alien Encounters" by Ken Hundal. Hundal. I got to say, I was not surprised when that book came to our door. <laughs> yeah. I mean, honestly, that book is what got me started on this whole thing, you know, because Amazon, they give you suggestions and, and somehow that popped up. <laughs> yeah. My they, Amazon. They tapped, my Amazon they tapped into his web history. Yeah. It's pretty weird stuff in there. And that book came up and I said, hey, this could make for a good episode. Went ahead and ordered that. So you're welcome there. <laughs> Another source, Project Blue Book. Slash grunge case number 13 transcribed by John Lear, ufocasebook.com, and bufora.org.uk. Now, that's like, I guess, the UK versions of MUFON. Um, They got all these backlogged alien encounters, all these archives, um, found a bunch of different stuff on there. Is the B for bestiality? I don't think so. (laughs) Now, before we get into the thorough history of these alleged encounters and a few isolated cases that we've picked out. Let's give a brief refresher on the close encounter scale. Now, are you guys familiar here? Could say yes, could say no. So I think we discussed this uh, in a few of our past episodes, maybe, right? Am I right? Two uh, episodes? But I don't believe we ever discussed it in great length, so... The close encounter scale, you know, this is a system known as this was first proposed by astronomer and UFO researcher J. Allen Hynek uh, in his book, The UFO Experience, A Scientific Inquiry from 1972. Now, he suggests that a quote unquote close encounter must occur within about 500 feet in order to significantly reduce or possibly eliminate the misidentifying of a conventional aircraft. The scale became popular after being referred to in the classic 77 film Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Um, you know, this is obviously named after the third level of the scale. And as we know, Hynek served as a consultant to Spielberg on the film. Now, scale itself. So we got Close Encounters of the First Kind. Visual sighting of a UFO 500 feet or closer. Um, close encounter of the second kind, that is a UFO event in which a physical effect is evident, like uh, interference in the functioning of a vehicle, you know, like a lot of times cameras go wonky, electric stuff, electrics start acting up, you know, um, physiological effect like paralysis, um, you know, maybe a sunburn from the craft, something like that. Physical trace like impressions in the ground, like our Tully episode. Mm. Um, stuff like that. Now, close encounter of the third kind, that is when some type of creature is present, including humanoids, robots who seem to be piloting the craft. Uh, close encounter of the fourth kind, this is when a human is physically abducted, 
Now, this was not in Hynek's original scale. And this is where I think like uh, there's a lot of debate in the scale system itself. Like some, like uh, Jacques Vallée, another big UFO guy, he says that this should also refer to cases where witnesses experience a transformation of reality. So, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be an abduction case. It could be like a crazy hallucination or dreamlike event. This is where we're going, like we're flirting with that consensual line. Oh, my gosh. And then we went all the way up to seven. Yeah, we, went, we go all the way up to seven. So fifth kind, um, this, it, this involves direct cun- communication between aliens and humans, um, you know, so where some type of contact, whether voluntary or psychic, is happening. Um, sixth kind, death of a human or animal associated with the UFO. Some UFOlogists also consider this as more of a, um, a severe example of a second kind encounter. You know, as we said, that's where some type of trace is left behind, so maybe they kill somebody. Uh, and then we, got the, no trace. Yeah, then we got the seventh kind. Um, this is the creation of an alien-human hybrid, either by sexual reproduction or by artificial scientific methods. Now and hold probing on, probing that sort. What? And go from fourth to seventh real quick. <laughs> yeah, you're telling me death. I mean, I guess maybe it makes sense. Death is not as bad as being raped. Well, I, the scale's not necessarily bad to worse. It's just levels. Of, there's levels, young boy. So this is like, <laughs> it's like, yeah, there's seventh is the highest level, right? Well, uh, yeah, it's not terms of high or low. They're just saying, Hey, this is six kind is like, it's leaving behind a dead person. Seventh kind, you're, you're raping you up the butt. I mean, what do you think is worth? Would you rather be dead or your generals chopped off? What if both happen? Yeah. Then that's seventh kind. Mm. Still seventh, not considered six. Well, I guess it could be considered six. See, that's where the debates come in. This is still a debated scale. Yeah. It's a gray area. From the fourth on is a gray area. It's a debated scale. So you could argue either way. Okay. Um, Now, let's get into some early, some ancient um, alleged sexual encounters. Uh, Now, obviously, if you're a fan of ancient aliens... You kind of know the basics that aliens and humans have been interacting for quite a while. Uh, There's a number of theories out there that suggest that many early folklores, mythologies, um, that sort of stuff can be interpreted as aliens. Just like that meme guy. Yep. Well, what about Suclos? Aliens. (laughs) Yeah. Yep. that, That guy, one of the big proponents. Even passages from the good book of the Lord can be seen as sexual encounters resulting in hybrid humans. Um, So let's just accept that, yes, this stuff's been going on for quite a while. You know, I mean, another reason why this is so debated is like um, a lot of people talk about, you know, the missing link. Hmm. Uh, Some people hold the belief that human race in general, was like is like a whole alien hybrid thing that was created by aliens. An alien and a monkey got together. Oh uh, well, yeah, or maybe just they implanted their DNA, like in um, Prometheus, that mm. sort of thing. Mm. Uh, you know, this was all engineered by some other interstellar being. You know, that sort of thing. Another episode to check out if you haven't already. Yeah, because, you know, the evolution of man, it's not fully explained. You know, science doesn't have all the answers. 
And that's where I think some of this stuff comes in. Some people hold the belief that like, you know, psychics, those sort of things are like people that have leftover um, DNA or like abilities from early alien human hybrids, you know? Mm. So, you know, stuff like that. Now, as I was saying earlier, discussed in part two of our alien episode, Space Jesus, you know, Jesus himself born by an angel coming down and putting Jesus in Mary's belly, uh, born of a virgin. You know, maybe this alien probed her. That doesn't count. Uh, Maybe this angel used some type of nanotechnology, something we don't even know about. Maybe he used a turkey baster um, or a similar instrument. Shot Jesus up there. Nine months later, out comes Jesus, human-alien hybrid. Am I right here? Sure, it was a turkey baster. <laughs> yeah, just now. Point is, some interpret this as a human alien hybrid. A thousand years later, we're going to give these to these dumb fucks, <laughs> and they're going to be using them to baste their turkeys with. <laughs> now, uh, there's also the whole Zeus and Hercules tale. We familiar here? Uh, this is from Greek mythology. Uh, Hercules' son, resulting in the affair Zeus had with a mortal woman. Alcmene. Uh, legend has it, Zeus disguised himself as her husband, home early from war, Zeus says, in order to bang her out, uh, pulled the old Houdini on uh, Hercules' mom. And in case you didn't know, uh, her actual husband did return later the same night, and she became pregnant with his son at the same time. Uh, this is a case of heteropaternal superfecundation. Uh, that's where a woman carries twins by different fathers. Mm. That's the tale of Hercules. Some interpret that as a human-alien hybrid. Some interpret it as a mythological story. <laughs> yep, and these <laughs> early primitive people, they didn't know what to call aliens, just like our boy Sukulos says. Now, another one... <clears throat> We've talked about this in the past. Uh, Nephilim and Anunnaki. Now, the Nephilim, we covered this one interpretation of the Nephilim in our Bigfoot episode as the Nephilim were offspring of the quote-unquote sons of God and the daughters of men. So you remember they were giants. Um, Some interpret this as early forms of Bigfoot. Some interpret them as some of the first alien-human hybrids. Um... According to the good book of the Lord, Genesis 6, verses 1 through 4, we get this quote. When man began to multiply on the face of the land and daughters were born to them, the sons of God saw that the daughters of man were attractive, and they took as their wives any they chose. Then the Lord said, My spirit shall not abide in man forever, for he is flesh. His days shall be 120 years. The Nephilim were on the earth in those days, and also afterward, when the sons of God came into the daughters of man and they bore children to them. Right there, we've got sons of God. This could be seen as, you know, aliens coming down. Bearing, coming. Yes, yeah. and literally coming down into the daughters of men. Alien-human hybrids, another interpretation. Uh, now, Anunnaki, we familiar with them at all? Do they like hockey? I don't think so. Now, the Anunnaki uh, were believed to be the offspring of An and the earth goddess Kai. 
Uh, the oldest of the Anunnaki was Enlil, the god of air and chief god of the Sumerian pantheon. The Sumerians believed that until Enlil was born, heaven and earth were inseparable. Then Enlil claved heaven and earth in two and carried away the earth while his father and carried away the sky. Now, this guy, this conspiracy guy, Zachariah Sitchin, uh, he claims that the Anunnaki were actually a race of extraterrestrial beings from the undiscovered planet Nibiru, who came to Earth around 500,000 years ago in order to mine gold. And according to him, the Anunnaki genetically engineered Homo erectus to create modern humans to work as their slave race. Now, Sitchin claimed that the Anunnaki were forced to leave Earth when the Arctic glaciers melted, causing the flood of Noah, which also destroyed the Anunnaki's bases on Earth, and these had to be rebuilt, and the Nephilim, needing more humans to help in this massive effort, taught us agriculture. Um, so, you know, he's kind of saying that the whole human race was guided by these extraterrestrial beings, almost like an engineer thing, uh, but, you know, a few little wrenches thrown in their gears, if you will. So we're basically bent to be sex slaves and... I mean, not sex slaves, but, you know, maybe uh, yes. they did what they wanted with us on the side. Mm. Uh, but this guy, he basically credits the Anunnaki as the builders of the pyramids, um, all other types of structures around the world that ancient astronaut theorists consider impossible to build without highly advanced technologies. And this guy also claims that the Anunnaki had left behind human-alien hybrids, some of whom may still be alive today, unaware of their alien ancestry. Now, a lot of people kind of debunk this guy due to him taking Sumerian texts out of context, and he also interprets them slightly different from scholarly interpretations in order to fit his narrative. Uh, but nonetheless, his work was largely overshadowed by Eric Von Daniken's Chariots of the Gods. Now, that's the guy who basically, like, that's kind of what Ancient Aliens is all based off of, is the book Chariots of the Gods. And this led to Sitchin's theories to become more influential because they kind of flew under the radar, so people weren't really focused on debunking them. And they start shooting off all these offshoots of other theories you know, like this guy, Arthur Horn, he proposed the Anunnaki were actually reptilians. And British conspiracy theorist David Icke further elaborates on this thesis by noting that uh, the surviving alien bloodlines mentioned by Zachariah Sitchin were the Brotherhood of Babylon, a race of shape-shifting reptile aliens who secretly control all the governments of the world and keep the humans enslaved using the Illuminati mm. as a mere figurative chess piece. Interesting take. Yeah, so, you know, this stuff has spawned a giant rabbit hole. You could get lost for years just going on down all these offshoots. I want to know how to become a conspiracy theorist <laughs> and just start making up some bullshit. Like this. Well, basically, you have a thought mm -hmm. that nobody had before <clears throat> okay. that goes in a crazy route. I mean, what were you saying earlier? You were saying what? Oh, the, the close encounter scale. You were arguing it earlier, saying, hey, death is worse than getting probed. Well, that was him. <laughs> <laughs> Question. Well, there, 
There you go. You write a whole paper on that, maybe a whole book. And mm. I mean, this book is ridiculous. Where I got most of this stuff from, Central Alien Encounters. The guy uses Wikipedia multiple times. Sometimes he uses his own website as a reference point in the footnotes. Uh, if you want to go check out my website. <laughs> yeah. As a footnote of his own book. Um, Unbelievable. Okay. Well, I think my book would be awful short. Still got published. Okay. Okay. Now hear me out here. Let's, bring, see, it, let's see, bring it down. We see here that you're using a lot of Wikipedia, <laughs> and we're okay with that. <laughs> we're going to let it slide on this That's going right. to sell. Now, Ken... We're going to let it slide this time, okay? Yeah, so, the guy's crazy. You're going to tell him, no, you can't use Wikipedia? Fuck it, man. At least it's like when kids just turn in this janky report, you're like, all right, hey, at least you turned in something, man. Hey, it's better than nothing, Ken. <laughs> Ken just comes in. Ah, guys, this is what we got. Guys, I know you said that you wanted me to quote my sources. Take it or leave yeah. it. <laughs> been looking at a lot of Wikipedia pages. Hell, okay. I've been vamping up my own website. All right, so how about this? So Zachariah Sitchin, David Ike, uh, Ken, you know, maybe not too credible. Carl Sagan, that's mm. a name we all know, right? Now, Carl Sagan and the Fairies. Great band name. Check, check, out, <laughs> check out this. Uh, I mean, this can kind of be seen as two ways. So in Carl Sagan's book, Demon Haunted World, uh, he shares the story of Anne Jeffries a teenager from Cornwall who in 1645 was found in a daze on the floor and recalled being attacked by half a dozen, quote-unquote, little men. Teenagers from Mars. uh, Snow White was written. And uh, she was carried to their... She was carried paralyzed to their castle in the air where they seduced her before returning home. Hmm. There are interpretations where that happens. And said that the fairies returned to torment her, and the following year she was arrested for witchcraft. (laughs) (laughs) Now, how do we know these fairies aren't crazy glue sniffers? (laughs) Did you read a lot of paint chips as a kid? (laughs) Build model airplanes, the fairy says. (laughs) Now, traditionally in that time, fairies had magical powers and could paralyze someone by a simple touch. And these castles in the sky, um, basically, if they took someone here, normal time seemed to slow down. Now, fairies were also known to be fascinated with human reproduction. Who isn't? And would also carry off babies from their cribs or leave a hybrid in its place known as a changeling. Um, so essentially there's two camps of thought here. You know, you got Sagan who goes on to say, you know, if Anne was alive in modern times, this would just be updated to fit our narratives, Mm. uh, of a UFO abduction. You know, aliens are the fairies. Um, this castle in the sky is the spaceship or the UFO. Um, but the other camp kind of flips that by saying, hey, this is actually proof that stuff has been going on. Um, they just didn't know what to call it back then. They were too primitive to understand or comprehend. You know, um, 1645, this was way before the space race. Um, this was way before we even knew what space was, I guess. And, you know, hell, maybe it's both. I mean, a lot of these isolated cases that we're going to get into um, later in this episode, you could say, hey, Maybe these people just got horribly molested. 
Why is my name highlighted right next to Adam? That? Didn't you get molested by your uncle or something? No. <laughs> so, not all right, once. okay. Teabag gets molested by his uncle. That's not <laughs> <laughs> no, just this is a hypothetical. Okay. I'm well, throwing this out there. You get molested by your uncle. I'm not saying Remus. that. <laughs> so, you at Teabag gets molested by his uncle Ramus, and he's got to cope with this idea. So, Uncle Ramus automatically becomes this alien in his mind. You know, these are like psychological breaks in the mind. This is kind of what Sagan's getting at. He did say that the catfish were huge. Uh, you know, they use these stories of UFOs, aliens, even ghosts as a way to cope with that abuse. Like, have you guys seen that show on Netflix, Haunted? Yeah, it sucks. Yeah, where the guy's like, it's basically an intervention and this guy's I, like, I watched one episode. This guy's crying because he was saying like, he saw a ghost. He saw a ghost for his, his whole life. But he goes on to talk about how his dad like beat and molested him. Mm. You weren't seeing a ghost. Maybe you just built that up in your mind to cope with being beaten and molested by your own father. Well, Casper the friendly ghost action. Man. Well, I don't oh. know what version of Casper you were watching. But You're that, saying the ghost beat this guy? He thinks the ghost beat him? Well, no, the ghost was like... Uh, was like being... Yeah, you're like calling him names, basically. Oh, insane. so it was like Casper's It's like a poltergeist. Brother. Scaring uh, him, scaring him and stuff. Throwing shit around. And then his dad him. was beating him. Oh. Giving him the so, reach around. you know, Sagan's saying like a lot of that can be seen with these UFO or back in the day fairies, um, you know. Somebody gets something like this happens to someone. They don't know how to cope with it. So they invent this whole story to go along with it. So let's get into some uh, specifics. You know, let's hear some eyewitness, some firsthand testimony on just how horny these aliens can be. So first case, October 1957. Location, Brazil. Subject, Antonio Vilas Boas. Now, this is probably one of the more famous extraterrestrial sexual encounters. This guy, Antonio, was a 23-year-old Brazilian farmer who was working at night to avoid the heat of the day. On October 16, 1957, he was plowing fields near Seo Francisco de Salas when he saw what he described as a red star in the night sky. And little did he know that he was the one that was about to be getting plowed. Now, this star <laughs> approached him, growing in size until it became recognizable as a roughly circular or egg-shaped aerial craft. Uh, it began descending and land, and it went to land in the field, extending its three legs. According to Antonio, he first attempted to leave the scene on his tractor, but when its lights and engine died after traveling only a short distance, he decided to run. Now the same thing happens to girls when they see Rob's third leg. Growing larger in size. And he describes the scene as this. I was seized by a five-foot-tall humanoid who was wearing gray coveralls and a helmet. His eyes were small and blue. Instead of speech, it made noises like barks or yelps. Three similar beings then joined the first subduing me and they dragged me inside of their craft. Once inside the craft, I was stripped of all my clothes, covered from head to toe with a strange gel. I was then led into a large semicircular room through a doorway that had a strange red symbols written all over it. In this room, the beings took samples of blood from my chin. 
After this, I was then taken to a third room and left alone for half an hour or so. During this time, some kind of gas was being pumped into the room, which made me become violently ill. Shortly after this, I was joined in the room by another humanoid. This one, however, was female, very attractive, and naked. She was the same height as the other beings I had encountered, with a small pointed chin, large blue cat-like eyes. The hair on her head was long and white, somewhat like platinum blonde, but her underarm and pubic hair was bright red. I was very attracted to the woman when we had sexual intercourse. During this act, the female did not kiss me, but instead nipped me on the chin. And there. When it was all over, the female smiled at me, rubbing her belly and gestured upwards. I took this to mean that she was going to raise our child in space. The female seemed relieved that her task was (laughs) over, and I became angered by the situation because I felt as though I had been little more than a good stallion for these humanoids. I was given back my clothing and taken on a tour of the ship by the humanoids. During this tour, I attempted to take a clock-like device as proof of the encounter, but was caught by the humanoids and prevented in doing so. I was then escorted off the ship and watched as it took off, glowing brightly. When I returned home, I discovered that over four hours had passed. Hey, kudos to him for making it that long. Hey. So this guy, Antonio, um, he later went on to become a lawyer. Um, He was married and had four children. He died in 92, but he stuck to this story of his alleged abduction for his entire life. Not the kind of plowing he was planning on doing that night, but he did it anyway. Yeah, now, I mean, you couldn't say he was getting plowed. It seemed like he was doing most of the plowing there. This seems like a good encounter. Okay, so you're thinking, so if that happens to you, that's okay in your book? That's cool? I, uh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. All right, let's take a look at our next encounter. So this is in March of 1981. Location, Bristol, West Yorkshire, England. Subject, Jane Murphy. Now, Jane Murphy claims to have gone to bed late when she awoke standing in a field very cold and wet. Upon awakening, she noticed a huge metallic object hovering over the field. Suddenly, a group of ten figures approached her. The figures were vaguely humanoid. One of the figures had a cloth in hand and put it over her face. She pretended to be unconscious, but they proceeded to inject her, at which point she blacked out. When she woke up, she was on a bed in a strange room. Several figures were around her, communicating telepathically, telling her to look at them. One of the entities was seven feet tall, human-looking with totally black eyes. The figures instructed her to bathe, and she obeyed seemingly against her will. She entered a plastic-looking object that fitted around her, taking the shape of her body, and bathed her from head to toe. She was then held back onto the table in the center of the room, and now noticed that all but the tall humanoid with black eyes had left the room. She describes her experience as this. I looked into his big black eyes and knew it was going to happen. Suddenly, he was lying on the table, and I was lying on top of him, having sexual intercourse in a very unemotional manner. We were embracing, but lying perfectly still. I remember noticing his smell. It wasn't very pleasant, not a human smell at all. I couldn't tell if he had any clothes on or not because I simply looked into his eyes. All I can remember is those gigantic black eyes. It seemed so strange lying on top of the stranger and enjoying it. It was the... (laughs) 
It was the best sex I had ever had. After a while, the tall humanoid left the room, while others, including female humanoids, had now entered the room. I was then given an extensive gynecological examination. Later, I was shown a table covered with a number of brightly colored pills of geometric shapes and was invited to take one. Then I was given a tour of the ship where I saw other humans. My next recollection was waking up back in bed. Now, she says when she returned home, she tried to convince herself that this was a dream, uh, but she saw a strange puncture mark made by the injection, and she was also plagued for... The, like, she went to the doctor to see if she was pregnant, mm. which she wasn't, but she, the doctor, like, said, hey, you got this fucking weird vaginal infection that I ain't ever seen before. Um, and she had to be put on antibiotics to get off of that. Now, the thing I got from both of those encounters we just read. So they abduct the people. They have sex with them. And then these aliens love giving them a tour of the ship. <laughs> like, like, typically, wouldn't you do that before? No. I, I wouldn't give them a tour at all. So you give would just the kick them right out. <laughs> A gift basket. <laughs> so you would just kick him. Well, they gave this lady pills. I like that. So she's just Alice playing NSTD. <laughs> Russian roulette with pills. <laughs> <laughs> like these aliens just show her a table of pills. Hey, take any of these you want. <laughs> Shot in the dark <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> Go ahead and take whichever one. Yeah. Your Ooh, not that one. All right, let's let's move on. I've okay. Well, I've noticed if I may. Okay. All right. What do we got? These have both been enjoyable experiences. Okay. Well, it's gonna get darker. Oh, just stop <laughs> right a, now. Don't ruin this for me. It's gonna get darker. But so you're saying both of these pretty good. This vaginal, girl just said it was the best sex she ever had. But she was left with a vaginal infection well, for how three long? months. Three months. BFD. But that meant that I could have the best sex that I ever had. Okay. So you wouldn't mind getting a little rash for three months if you had the best sex you ever had. Yeah. Okay. You're that, saying you wouldn't? Well, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so, and I'm honestly asking. Okay, so next encounter. June 1994. Location, Wuxiang, China. Subject, Meng Xiaogu. So this guy was a Chinese farmer, Meng. Uh, he claims that he came upon a metallic object near a forest. Um, and upon closer inspection of the object that he suspected to be a downed helicopter, uh, Ming felt dizzy and passed out. Several nights later, Ming says he was in his bed, and he describes this encounter. I encountered a female alien. She was about 10 feet tall, had 12 fingers, and braided leg fur, but otherwise looked completely human. She wanted to make love with me. At the time of the encounter... I was levitating over my bed. I could see my wife and daughter below. And for about 40 minutes, I had sexual intercourse with the female alien. Ladies and gentlemen, that was read to you by our Chinese friend, John Smith. (laughs) Now, a couple things with this one. You know, maybe this Ming guy was put in a trance or something. Mm. uh, Or I hope the rest of his family was uh, for his daughter's sake. This guy sees his wife and daughter and hovers over them, proceeds to bang out an alien for 40 minutes. I don't know if I could get it up in that weather, man. (laughs) Now, he claimed that the very next month he was taken into an alien spacecraft and he asked to see his long-lost lover, and he was told that this could not happen. 
But in 60 years, his son will be born, and he just might get a chance to see him. Now, he dodged a bullet there. Well, yeah, I mean, banging out a 10-foot-tall female with braided leg fur. <laughs> I'm just saying. Uh, yeah, okay, well, children are fucking however. Okay, but imagine dealing with this pregnant, angry alien for 60 years. Yeah, but then, like, is that that's one of those things, and I've never been married. Is that one of those things you tell your life, like, hey, honey, um, I don't know if you know this, but I fucked an alien while I, I mean, ran over Yeah, here. just uh, at breakfast the next morning. <laughs> so... Did you happen to wake up last night at all? Did you, at all? <laughs> Did you see anything unusual last night? I, I thought I heard a noise maybe. For about 40 <laughs> minutes in our bedroom. Oh, no, I sure didn't. <laughs> <laughs> and he's just, uh, okay. <laughs> this guy good, goes. Good, good. Well, uh, that's what I thought. I mean, he went Me to either. the doctor. Um, you know, he said he had discovered a five centimeter scar on his leg, which was examined by the doctor, determined to be not from common surgery or any type of injury. Uh, Ming has also gone through several interviews and even passed a police lie detection test in order to prove to the world that he is speaking the truth. Now, I mean, passing a lie detection test, that just means that he himself believes in the story. Mm. So, you know, maybe this guy had a crazy vivid dream. He bought into it. Yeah. Mm. Uh, you know, something like that. I mean, I don't know. What would compel him to bang out a 10-foot alien with braided leg fur while his daughter and wife are sleeping below him? Maybe he was forced into it. I think I've seen that video. So now, Adam, how are we feeling about that experience? Uh, Definitely on the decline since the first two, but I still, like I said, I think he dodged a bullet. Okay. Now, heads up here, and for all our listeners out there, um, this is where we're getting into the more graphic stuff with these next two cases. Mm. So next up, April 1995, location, south of France. The south of France. Yep, southern France. Shout out to Greg. Shout out to Hey Arnold. The subject is Malcolm, his wife Samantha, and their daughter Lizzie. Then Lizzie? So this family, they're driving on a little vacay uh, from... Epigny to Cordon, which is about 57 minutes. (laughs) In case you needed to convert it. Yeah. Now, they're driving along, driving along the highway. And boom. They see behind him. He sees in the rear view, bright, blinding light hovering just behind the car. Now, Malcolm attempts speeding up and slowing down in order to lose whatever was chasing them but to no avail. Um, It says, suddenly the object disappeared. Now, they're on this stretch of road for what seemed like hours, and we're still not to their destination. So, Malcolm pulls over, and they get some sleep. Upon awakening, his wife had a severe nosebleed, and their daughter was bleeding from her rectum. They're thinking, what the fuck? Uh, And when they finally get back home to jolly old England, they estimate that it took them around three and a half hours to drive that stretch that was only supposed to take an hour. So, you know, some strange stuff going on there. And now they're back home safe. Who wouldn't believe the traffic that time of year? (laughs) Now, the family 
began having multiple experiences of bizarre shared dreams involving humanoid figures with large black eyes. Some nine months after this initial incident in France, Samantha woke up to hear Lizzie screaming, but discovered she was paralyzed and unable to move. So Malcolm wakes up and he runs into uh, Lizzie's room, finds her gazing out the window, crying really loud. So, you know, he's like, hey, what the hell? Grabs her, um, starts to comfort her. Samantha finally breaks her paralysis. She looks out the window and she sees uh, someone or something digging in their garden. Um, She kind of ignores this, goes into her daughter's room. Finally, they are able to get her back to bed. They're able to go back to sleep themselves. Next morning, both mom and and the daughter are bleeding from their rectums once again. Uh, Malcolm checks out the garden, finds no signs that anything or anyone had been digging there. And essentially, I guess the family chalked this all up to alien experiments on the mom and daughter. Until they found out that their dad had a freak fetish for butt plugs. Yeah, now this (laughs) one is, okay, this is kind of, again, Adam, what would you say about this experience here? Well, this just reminds me of what the wise Lil Wayne once said. Don't play in the garden and don't smell her flower. So this one, getting a little darker. And again, this is kind of the first one where you could see maybe this is just some sort of abuse that's going covered up by these psychological factors. You know, the mom and daughter are fabricating this stuff because the dad's Mm. abusing them something like that what are we thinking there could be could be makes a lot of sense why would you do that on vacation though come on come on why would you do that at all (laughs) 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 okay i mean uh there was another case real quickly i just had to shout this one out because it was from virginia uh back in 1974 this guy will parker age 19 um, he like, this one was weird and it was long. So I'm going to sum it up as best I could, but he was driving with his girlfriend and they went to some gas station and he just like pulls over and is staring into oblivion when these like aliens come up to the car and they take him behind the gas station, drag him to their ship. They put him in like a trance and they put this, um, it's like suction cup over his, his genitals. And he just, he says that he felt the semen just being sucked out of him. No orgasm, no pleasure, no satisfaction. They just want that sweet, sweet juice. (laughs) And, you know, this guy's like, what the hell? So aliens, again, fascinated with the human reproductive system. Now, what do you guys know about exsanguination? I was just going to ask you what that is. I feel like we've talked about it before. Yeah, maybe. I think... um, we might have mentioned it in either our Stranger Things or our X-Files. Mm. Does that involve suction cups and jizz? Well, more or less. <laughs> Exsanguination is like when the blood is completely drained. This is like big in, you know, the cattle mm. mutilation cases? Proctor Valley, maybe. That's another big thing with UFOs, cattle mutilation. Um, you guys have heard of this, right? Mm-hmm. Now, a lot of people... Um, 
in the UFO camps hold the belief that uh, some of these aliens, same ones that are doing these experiments, they think of blood as the life force, you know, so they want to test it. Um, that's why you find these cases where cattle and blood is completely drained. Um, I hate cows. Well, I mean, even look at the Bible. Uh, blood, it's like very sacred. I mean, Jesus Christ, drink my blood, you know? That's a little fucking weird, right? He's a sick fuck. India, yeah. cows are sacred. Yep. Now, you. well, this doesn't really have to do with cows, more so the blood we're talking here. Um, <coughs> so, you know, like he was saying, hey, hey, they hate cows. Why not? Why aren't they doing this stuff to humans? Mm. Well. Because they're too busy sucking our jizz out of our balls. There are a few strange cases, most notably our next topic. March of 1956, location, New Mexico, subject, John Lovett. Because he loves it. Now, this is another, um, this is a pretty popular account, I guess, in UFO lore. Um, it's known as Project Blue Book slash Grudge, case number 13. Now, this was witnessed by Air Force personnel, and in this case, an Air Force sergeant, E6, by the name of Jonathan P. Lovett, was observed being taken captive aboard a UFO at the White Sands Missile Test Range in New Mexico. The subduction took place at about 0300 local and was witnessed by Major William Cunningham of the United States Air Force Missile Command. And the tale goes like this. Major Cunningham and Sergeant Lovett were out in the field downrange from the launch sites looking for debris from a missile test when Sergeant Lovett went over the ridge of a small sand dune and was out of sight for some time. Major Cunningham heard Sergeant Lovett scream in what was described as terror and agony. The Major, thinking Lovett had been bitten by a snake, ran over the crest of the dune and saw Sergeant Lovett being dragged into what he described as being a silvery disc-like object which hovered in the air approximately 15 to 20 feet. Major Cunningham described a long snake-like object which was wrapped around the sergeant's leg and was dragging him to the craft. Major Cunningham admittedly froze as the sergeant was dragged into the disc and observed the disc going up into the sky very quickly. Major Cunningham got on the jeep radio and reported the incident to missile control, whereupon missile control confirmed a radar sighting. Search parties went into the desert looking for Sergeant Lovett. Major Cunningham's report was taken, and he was admitted to the White Sands Base Dispensary for observation. And they're uh, not taking him to the kind of dispensary you want to go to. <laughs> I'll yeah. tell you that. This was long before those kind of dispensaries. <laughs> now, so the search continues for Sergeant Lovett for three days, um, by the end of which his nude body was found approximately 10 miles downrange. Not again. <laughs> the body had been mutilated. The tongue had been removed from the lower portion of the jaw. An incision had been made just under the tip of the chin and extended all the way down to the esophagus and larynx. His genitals had been removed along with his eyes. Also, his anus had been removed and there were comments in the report on the surgical skill of the removal of these items, including the genitalia. The report commented that the anus and genitals had been removed as though they were a plug, which in the case of the anus extended all the way to the colon. There was no sign of blood within his system. The initial autopsy report confirmed 
that he had been completely drained of blood and that there was no vascular collapse, which typically is the case in death by bleeding. Now, Adam, you were an EMT. You know this, right? Mm-hmm. In any anyone who dies from like bleeding out, um, there's always vascular collapse, right? Yep, yep. Not the case in this one. Hmm. Also noted that when the body was found, there were a number of dead predatory type birds within the area who had apparently died after trying to eat the sergeant's body. So... They're crazy for that one. Is that an experience you want? No, but see, that's what yeah, I'm saying. Yeah, to get my <laughs> dick and balls chopped off, no thanks. Now, well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Would you rather be raped or would you rather be killed? I would rather be killed. What you do to me after that's on you. Even if they what if you're remove alive? your genitals like a plug. That's what I think that would be way worse. So you'd rather get butt rammed by you'd rather get no. just your dick and balls no, chopped I'd off rather all just your get life. straight murked i just said that your throat cut open your eyes and dick cut off <laughs> <laughs> your asshole's fucking i would rather just off. get straight murked <laughs> okay, well, okay i don't think they like put him out of his misery first probably they probably just did all this shit to him and then threw his dead body out the fucking ufo that's what I'm talking going back After to giving him a tour. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we forgot. We took your fucking eyes out already. <laughs> Don't let the door hit you on the way out. Yank his fucking dick and ass out like a plug and then give him a tour of the ship. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus fucking God. <laughs> okay, okay. I'll joke in aside. This actually happened to you. Yeah, me. I mean, on. that's this is that's actually pretty graphic and that's pretty fucked up. And how how do we explain that? Adam, EMT, no vascular collapse, it completely drained of blood. I mean, is the is the desert hot enough to just evaporate all the blood out someone like oh, that? Oh man, that man went through enough. Okay. These aliens are just some sick fucks that yeah. like a quick fuck. These aliens are ruthless out here. Now, most of these events, aside from the, you know, ancient biblical type stuff, uh, seem to have occurred about the late 50s. And by the early 1970s, the idea of hybrid space babies was definitely more widely known, but it was only accepted or taken seriously by UFO enthusiasts and conspiracy theorists who feared that the flying saucer fiends are engaged in a massive biological experiment creating a hybrid race which will eventually take over the Earth. So, you know, in conclusion of this episode and the stuff we just looked at, there's a couple different ways we can look at this. And let me know if you're tracking. So one. We're tracking. Aliens created humans as a sort of slave race Um you know, a, a derivative of their own DNA. Dracken? The Dracken. Two, alien-human hybrids are, are already among us, and it's all part of a master breeding program in order to take over our planet, wipe out mankind. Dracken? Mm. Mm. Okay. Um, so, I mean, of those two camps, what are we thinking is more likely? Numero dos. Okay, okay. I'm going with number three. You know, it's like uh, <clears throat> my, my dad was in the Navy. He always told me that you should have a girl in every port, and I feel like these aliens are just stopping by. Okay, but so you think they 
have had no uh, no hand in our creation. They just kind of, you know, use us as a quick bang here and there. Yep. Hey, you know, I'm taking a trip across the galaxy. I got to pass through the Milky Way. Let me stop by Earth, bang a couple of these broads, mm-hmm. give them a tour of the ship, and give them the boot. Earth is like the... Uh, and if they bring back a guy, we'll cut off his dick and asshole. <laughs> <laughs> like a plug. So you're thinking it's like a brothel, kind of. Yeah, basically Earth is like... One big brothel. The Bangkok of outer space or something like that. Okay, so Bangkok. Sounds like Dennis was doing a little probing of his own back in the day. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> okay, so whatever the consensus on these reported cases, uh, we have to consider that sexual contact with supernatural beings, we'll call them, has been reported throughout history. Mm. You know, you had the fairies, um, aliens, ghosts, you know, you name it, there's been sexual encounters throughout history. Now, either the aliens have been... oh, that one lady just married a 300-year-old pirate ghost. Exactly. (sighs) Already divorced. Now, either the aliens have been conducting these experiments for a millennia, or these stories are derived from some deep-seated socio-psychological need to rationalize certain trauma. I don't know how you rationalize getting your dick chopped off and your anus pulled out. Who's to say both of them couldn't be possible? Well, there you have it. I mean, until any solid medical evidence is provided... I think the latter hypothesis seems more likely. However, I mean, this guy was exsanguinated in the desert. Uh, this was in a classified, uh, a declassified Air Force report. I'd say that's some physical evidence right there. Maybe he was a fucking rat. And so they just pulled his dick and balls off and drained him of blood, ripped his eyes out, left him in the desert. Cut his tongue out like a fucking rat. And then covered it up. <laughs> Either way. The age-old question still stands as to whether or not we are alone in the great cosmic void. And what will be filling your cosmic void? Now, is mankind an independent life force, or are we merely at the whims of some sort of extraterrestrial (laughs) zookeepers? What are we thinking? You guys be the judge. Let us know what you're thinking. And there you have it, guys. Sexual alien encounters. You guys think that... uh Tesla, you guys ever watch an interview with that guy? Tesla, <laughs> <laughs> Nikola Tesla, or Elon Musk? <laughs> you just want to both. Take, just take it both all back. Well, there's like no footage of Nikola Tesla. Who's Elon Musk play for again? <laughs> <laughs> what does this have to do with alien encounters? Some people think that guy's an alien. He's hooking up with Oh, his so aliens. you think an Elon think Musk he, is alien-human hybrid? Hybrid, yeah. Okay. That's easily. Was, that's easily. he's got all these scientific experiments. 100%. I think he could that's even... That's why he's starting a company that's taking over the world. Yeah. Mm. He could even have some sort of nanotechnology in him. Like, I would say, if anything, he's more robot than alien. Well, guys, maybe we go ahead and cut this. This could be the end of our podcast. Well, we got to bring our listeners the truth. Uh, And, you know, I'm here to stand by that. So, you know, bring it on, Elon Musk. (laughs) We'll be here waiting. And while we're waiting, if any of you fine females out there need your celestial voids filled, go ahead and hit up Teabag at the podcast from Outer Space. Yep, Teabag's been getting hornier than these aliens. <laughs> so uh, give him a shout if you're so inclined. He might be sliding in your DMs this time. <laughs> yeah, and um, 
I mean, other than that, you know, maybe some of our listeners have had some sort of sexual abduction case. Uh, oh, let us know. Or if you guys have any other interesting close encounters um, of the seventh kind. Of any kind. Let's be honest. Or of any kind. Yeah, just let us know. I mean, We're we'd love ears. to hear them. Again, we love hearing from you guys. Mm-hmm. Um, thanks for listening, guys. And uh, I think that's it for me. You know, as always... Get at us on Podcast from Outer Space on Instagram or, you know, the old email still is working. Podcast from Outer Space at gmail.com. Comments, questions, concerns, compliments are all welcome. And uh, once again, thanks for listening, guys. It's no secret, guys. Rob has finally got his laptop fixed. He is back in the lab. So we have him right now With on. With a pen and a pad. Yeah, right now on the air. To tell you, hey, this is not a drill. This is not a test. The T-shirts are coming soon. Now, when can our listeners expect to start seeing those designs come out? I will post a picture this week on the Instagram. Okay. Within seven days. Okay, within seven days. You heard it Now, raise your right hand. Guys, come on. You're going to have these by the deadline. What are we thinking, though? Before Christmas? Yeah. Loyal listeners need to get their shirts, you know? Okay, just I mean, maybe in time for the holidays. Probably not going to be delivered by the holidays, but well, you know, we'll have them out. Progress. Out, we'll have them out there, you know, making progress around. one day at a time. <laughs> maybe Santa will get some stuffed in the sack. Thanks again, guys, and um, stay tuned for next week. Full disclaimer for the listeners out there: remember, porn is not real, but alien encounters are. So long, and thanks for all the fish. Tell me what's next, alien sex I'ma disrobe you, then I'ma probe you See, I abducted you, so I tell you what to do I tell you what to do, what to do, what to do Kiss me, kiss me, kiss me Infect me with your love, baby, me with your poison Take me, take me, wanna be